Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt Show! All right! Episode 101 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Bruce and Steven and having ourselves a Chitavo podcast. Let's go! Hey, babe. Hey, hey. So are you done puking? I never puked. Oh, you puked out the other I end. puked out the other side, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's probably better. You know, oh, if it's I had to way choose... fucking better. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because at least you don't have to taste it again. Oh, God. I'm going to say it like that. It's well, not the taste. Uh, it's the fucking <laughs> throwing up. It feels awful. It's terrible. It feels awful, but I'd rather give anything. I would give, I'd give away a child to not puke. Yeah, I, I see that. I can see that. That's fair. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, it's no fun. So you, so you're better. I mean, what's what's the story? Can you update you know, everyone? I I need to know. Like, how's your how's, how's your health? Like, we're, I'm worried. Yeah, about no, you. I'm good. So I just um, Sunday morning I got up to because it was Mother's Day. And my mom was coming over for breakfast and I got up, I went, I went to the store, I had to get some stuff and I felt like, I don't know, I had like some stomach cramps and Mm -hmm. then I ate breakfast kind of like, I wasn't even that hungry. And then me and my mom went for a walk around the lake and we got to the lake and I was like, I still kind of felt weird, but I didn't really say anything. So I didn't want to be like weird. And we got like, I don't know, three quarters of the way. And, uh, I was like, mom, I got to turn around. Like something's not right. I don't feel very good. I started like breaking out in sweats and I was like stomach cramps. And then all of a sudden, like I was like seeing spots and getting like tunnel vision stuff. And I was like, yeah, this isn't great. Something's not right. So I got home laid in bed and I like instantly got like a fever and like bad stomach cramps. And it was like that all day. Like I had like horrible body aches and headache and fever and whatever and then i got up monday morning and i was like oh i'm totally fine and i like got dressed and showered and went for a walk and came to the shop for a little bit stayed in my office and then uh i felt like maybe 95 percent. and then yesterday i was totally fine so it was like a one day death sickness you have the immune system of like um i don't know a champion yeah that must be what it is because that's it. You know, you recovered so fast. You just fought it off. Yeah. You're a fighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, cool. Like, um, I'm glad, I'm glad you're better. I know. Uh, so this is, it's weird. It's Wednesday, right? So we had yeah. originally scheduled this for Monday because this is a very special podcast. Mm-hmm. We're going to be guests and have guests. Yeah. This is the new, this is the new Chitavo podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes mm-hmm. the chitavo oh that's that's almost sounds bad for them though that sounds good for us but bad for them i don't know they're probably not gonna like that i don't care that's what it is it's chitavo yeah. okay mm-hmm. i like i i mean i'm i'm fine with it we figured for 101 we're gonna do a little collab mm-hmm. yeah and it's also gonna I be mean, a shit show because i'm gonna have to get up in a little bit <laughs> well not to shit because you're done doing that Right, not to not shit. an actual, not an actual shit right. show. But because it's Wednesday go. and uh, work is happening. Oh right, right, right. You're getting delivery, a special delivery. 
yeah well fucking i ordered it's it's the way of the world right now supply chain bullshit like i ordered an air compressor what like fucking three months ago four months ago dylan, and uh, uh dylan tell us what kind of air compressor you got because i got a new ingersoll rand rotary screw uh variable speed air compressor i guess the variable speed is the new one hell fucking yes yeah well i had no idea when it was coming uh the tracking number they gave me didn't mean shit and they gave it to me like a week ago and then morgan just uh came in my office a couple minutes ago and said hey uh fedex is on its way right now with a delivery and they say it's massive and it it's like 2500 pounds and it's really tall so i'm like a really tall hopefully it fits in my doorway in our shipping receiving door that's what she said uh and 2,500 pounds, the guy's like, I don't know if I can get it off with my pallet jack. And I'm like, cool, huh? I don't have a forklift. So, oh, you mean it's not, he doesn't have a, a lift gate or anything? No, well, he can back right up to the loading dock, which is fine, okay. but he doesn't okay. think he can get it off the truck with a pallet jack. Why? So, I don't know. I don't fucking know. So, I'm going to go out and try to help this dude. Um, and he'll be here in probably like a half hour. Well, I think the guys, I think the people up in uh, your, your part of the, of the woods are soft. Yeah. Yeah. Like just pull that shit off. Pallet jacks are good for over 20. I'm just going to pick it up. (laughs) Well, um, I'm excited for you. That sounds like a nice compressor. Yeah. Mm. Now I just got to get it put in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's new with you? What is new with me? What is new with me? What is new with Andy. Hmm. Um, Nobody knows. I know. Yeah. So I can tell you one thing that's new. He goes by the name of Nick Wood. Yeah. New or nude? Well, we all know what I said. Yeah. He's in town, this guy. Is he going to be in place? He was yesterday. Yeah. Um, and he was, we went out to dinner and, and we chilled also afterwards. Um, that's why you look so fresh today. Your hair's a little like, and that's the thing, like with Nick, you know how he is. Like he's the most, he makes you feel so good about yourself and so happy. And you're like, life can't get better right at that moment, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and and then you, and so you don't want to, and Nick does not want to end like the party ever. So Mm -hmm. you're like, Hey Nick, (laughs) so here's the thing. Like I have, I've got to get up in the morning. I have a podcast like bright and early. He's like, he just stood over your bed breathing (laughs) while you were sleeping. He's like, get up, Andy, get up. I want a party. Well, I didn't let him sleep at our, I mean, here's the thing. Like I would have loved for him to stay with us, but it was more than just Nick. He's in here. He's traveling with Robert, another person from graphics. And so I just didn't have the room for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, but I hooked him up with this really sweet hotel and, um, I was their Uber driver also. Nice. I've, done, I've, is, I've had that it's a great experience, <laughs> which is fun. Um, and you know, like with, with him, he's, if you go, so like when I was dropping him off, I, I pull up to the hotel to drop him off. I'm like, all right guys, you know, Thanks a lot for everything. And we'll see you in the morning. It's like, just come on in for one more, one more drink, (laughs) you know, and you, you can't say no. So Mm -hmm. you can't, but I, but I did. Cause I was, so you stayed in Nick's hotel room last night. (laughs) So yeah, I haven't been home is what I'm trying to say. Mm Yeah. So that's why that's Nick's shirt. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so believable though. (laughs) Um, Uh But yeah, so I think he, oh, I don't want to ruin the surprise. So. 
but okay. let's not do that. Let's we'll not talk it. about it anymore. Anymore. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else, man? So remember that bottle of Woodford I opened on just a mm-hmm. few days ago for our hundredth. Well, it's not, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. That day. <laughs> last, no, that morning. no, no, no. Last night. Oh, no. I just had like a glass or whatever or two, but yeah, last night no, it's uh, we polished it off. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I want to talk about all of the love that you and I got for our hundredth episode, because it was nonstop. It was nonstop. In fact, it's still coming in and I, Wish this was recording, this was coming out today because then we can ask for more love because it feels so good. <laughs> but it just, it you just can still ask. Love. You can still ask for love. Okay. Can we, guys, can we get some more love next week, even? Like mm-hmm. it's, mm, seems like, um, maybe slide too much in those love. DMs. Yeah. Yeah. I think our, my love tank, you know, does, uh, does your wife love hit taint? you with that thing? Love tank. Does your wife your, hit you? Your with wife that? hits you in your love tank. How do you hear? the exact things i don't say like you you're so that's exactly what you said (laughs) well no love tank Mm t-a-n-k i think that's how you spell it this thing right here this is my gas tank for my sex machine so gross (laughs) dylan is way too early for this it's way too early wednesday i don't know what you want from me i'm fucking ready to go not too early in the week, just way too early in the morning. I don't want to hear about your sex machine shit like at eight fucking in the morning. Okay. Okay. Sorry. All right. Sorry. Um, I'll tone it down. All right. Just a little bit. Okay. Okay. So you're what saying you sex saying? Love, ta- love tank? Yeah. I mean, my love tank is full. I got so many people that said congratulations and da 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 da. Right. Okay. Right. And there's so yeah. many likes. There's like a, a gazillion million. likes on on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. They just all want me to eat a boiled hot dog. You said you would. You said which that are delicious. Got... Like it's not a it's not a bad thing. It's not like well, wow, guys, cool. Like I'm gonna eat one anyway. I like them. It might induce some rear end vomiting. No, nope. like before maybe that's maybe that's what caused oh, it in the first place. We made we made hot dogs two nights ago at the house and we bought like a big like a real big pack of nathan's because I, I love nathan's hot dogs and we probably only cooked or i only cooked like six and there were probably like i don't know like 18 left in the pack and i cut the pack open put it in a ziploc bag <laughs> set it next to my grill while i was like grilling and i forgot to take it inside and then yesterday when i got home and it's been like 75 here the last two days. Yesterday when I got home, I like walked by the grill and realized that I left the hot dogs out and never like put them back. And they were all kind of like semi like gray, like cooked from the sun. Perfect. So like they're ready. To I'll eat, just right? eat those. Those 1000% will give me ass <laughs> vomit. Well, I recommend like, don't eat them just right out of the bag. Like don't open up yeah, the bag. Right right, open the Ziploc. No, nom, nom, I, nom, nom, right out I would recommend, bag. I'd recommend boiling those for sure. <laughs> if you ever want to boil a hot dog, boil those. <laughs> it's still probably give you the runs. Yeah, probably still would. You're right. Mm-hmm. How about Is we do our sponsors? Yeah, let's do it. You almost got me. I fucking almost fucked <laughs> I'm ready. 
Frank. Dude, speaking of Frank, did you uh did you see uh Jared's fucking skids of Frank screens? Yeah, they were all brand new. And I was like, dude, those look nice. I was so jealous. I was like, that's so many beautiful fresh frames. I texted Frank. So I said, sending you a palette today. And he said, thumbs up. Thank you. And I said, put my order in front of Dylan's, of course. And he said, yeah, I've got you. Because I don't have an order in right now. (laughs) I'm going to call one in today, even though I don't need it. And tell him, put mine in front of Andy's, of course. Dang it. Yeah. Um, Well, we all know he won't do that. But yeah, Frank, so... Um, it all starts with a screen and whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best to find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com, FFFFF. Frank.com or great fucking screens.com. That's right. Cleaning screens is no fun, but easy way makes it funner. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will help you keep your screens and your shop clean. Check them, check them, check them, check them out <laughs> at easyway.com. Easy way. It's the easiest way. Who I was eating some Pringles yesterday. Now tell me who I, lo- the, I love this, where this is going. Tell me who this reminds you of. Alex. 100%. He's a Pringles. Guy. <laughs> I had no idea. Alex po- Alex is on the cover or the logo, basically. The mascot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right there. Yeah. Doesn't he, look, doesn't he look good? I got a question for you. Yeah. Can you fit your hand in a Pringles can? Not not. Well, the first top, like, let's say, um, till you get to here, I'm good to go. One, don't stop. But you, yeah, I, I can't. Like, so I have you, to. You I'm the you guy. Know how to do that, right? I have no, to no, no. You this. just, you just let it. You just tip it, and then it comes to the. Just a little tip. Yeah. Okay. Um, Action Engineering makes all kinds of accessories printers need. Go to actionengineering.com to have a look. And then use Shirt Show at checkout and get a one-time discount of 15% off. One, five. That's 51. Oh, I was trying to do it. I was trying to do it the opposite way that you did the other day. So it's, oh yeah, that would be right. Monarch Color makes ink that does what it's supposed to do. Learn more at monarchcolor.com. Ink Breader. Ink Why do I always say that? Like I don't ink know. Bredder. Ink ink bredder. <laughs> I like it though. Print bredder. Be bredder. Live moss. Live bros. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. You know what I like is monarch ink. I do too. I we that. um yesterday on press we had a um a bucket of deep purple that we had purchased oh hell yeah that sounds really good wait okay a little little smoke on the water oh yes true i get it now (laughs) um but we got it a long time ago right and it's one of our stock colors that i mean i've had for 12 years we 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 always have deep purple here because people reorder it and what and whatever right well when you put deep purple on an underbase the deep purple that we have anyway it lightens and it's not as deep it's more shallow shallow purple well it um got too too bright let's call it 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, what we did instead mixed a Pantone of, um, of the Modern. purple that we want. And then we put it on it, the underbase and it didn't bright. It didn't lighten up. It was beautiful, beautiful. which by the way, reminds me, there is a guy here. His name is Robert and he is uh, with graphic source and he is a, like an incredible machine. He, no matter what you can show him a color. Okay. Just pick a fucking color, whatever it is like this, or it doesn't matter. He will tell you the Pantone. <laughs> like he memorized. So he's memorized through his photographic memory, the Pantone system, because he used to have to, he came up through the screen printing world, you know, so he started in a shop and he was mixing Pantone colors when the shop that he was at, like, didn't even do that or didn't even know what it was. And so he was mixing colors. And so he finally said, Hey, we can save you. I can save you a lot of money. Let me get a mixing system in here. And, um, I think he didn't have a Pantone book. And so he just memorized it. And I, I, so we tested it yesterday and we had this, we just got some yellow one Oh nine and we put it on a card and we're like, we show him like, what, wh- okay, what color is this? He goes one Oh nine like this, no hesitation. No, like, let me think about it. Just said the number. And we all died laughing for probably five minutes. We couldn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he didn't say one Oh eight. Like so he gave him like a tan or a brown or something. Is that impossible? I don't know. I mean, I, and when you do something like that and like, you just get it right, you know, right out of the gate, you just be done. Don't even say, mm-hmm. just say, Hey, I did it. Don't because Bow don't. Down. you just walk, walk out of the room. It's awesome. Check, check. Check, check, check. I'm so happy to be here with you at 101. I take that shirt. Yeah, thanks. It'd be awesome if we weren't recording. It would be. And that's why I'm a moron and I just checked half hour in, but it says recording up there. Yeah. <laughs> Is it here? Yeah. <laughs> You fucker. No way. Well, it's probably better that it's now because then you can just stall and then we can record as soon as I come back. I'll only be a little bit. You better hustle your ass. All right. Well, I'm going to leave this running and then I'm going to come back. And if you guys want to start then cool, if not, we'll just keep going. I'll hop into the conversation. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. Sure. I'll be right back. Hello. Howdy guys. Hola. Hey, so look at our, look where Dylan is. He's, he's not there. Interesting, right? <laughs> he's probably well, riding his bike. <laughs> Typical. The, uh, well, his wall looks super nice down there. That's actually, that needs to be a Zoom background. <laughs> like that anybody can use, like anybody in the world, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd love to actually, maybe I'll screenshot there. Right yeah, yeah, I was about to, about to try that out. That would be pretty so he, funny. He actually got a, um, a new compressor. And so he got a call, like, I don't know, 20 minutes ago that it's on its way. And so it just showed up and he's got to go help get it off the truck. That's what's happening. You, you know, I got a call that my dishwasher uh, or my washing <laughs> machine arrived uh, five minutes ago. And so I told Carson, you have to go deal with it. Cause I have to talk to Andy. <laughs> well, so, she's the muscle anyway, right? Yep. She, she's got it. She's got it for you. Oh, check that um, out. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. I love it. How Bruce, can I put got, that in mind? You got to do right, the same me, thing. Uh, this me. works pretty well. See, this is why um, 
you guys are so great is you have fucking it knowledge. And here I am like, how do I find, so I have the, the set so background and effects. And then how do I load the one that's on uh, hit the plus side desktop. and this is add an image. Yeah. Pretty fucking obvious. Got it. Okay. Find the file. <laughs> Got, nope. That's the wrong one. Shirt show tech put, support. Don't want to put that one up. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be tech support. We can do that too. Andy, how many have you ever recorded an episode and then you lose it completely? Um, here we go. Andy? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying, I can't multitask, all right? Yeah, I have not. So, what? So, I chose the fucking thing. It's not up there. What? Oh, it is. There it is. Beautiful. This is great. <laughs> Come on, let me center up on the chair here. Okay. He's gonna be- yeah pleasantly surprised <laughs> um have i ever so we one time never lost the episode but we we just forgot to hit record we did that uh, okay so same thing mm. yeah isn't it uh how do you feel after that so the one time we did it i think i realized halfway in or something like that and i'm like oh fuck you know like i forgot to hit record so we <laughs> so we said hey well, let's just let's just kind of start over and fake it. Like whatever we talked about. And so we started to run through some of the same stuff and we're like, this is terrible. Like, I, you know, because we're not actors. And so we, we said, forget it. We'll just have to, it's, it is what it is. What are you going to do? You know? Yeah. We use a tool called Riverside, which has yeah. some, some good pluses. Um, the minuses are when you lose an entire show <laughs> or multiple shows or multiple shows. All right. Hey, he doesn't even notice what's wrong <laughs> nothing nothing everything's what's good. wrong you look so tiny in that chair andy <laughs> <laughs> your head is yeah. so small for some reason do that again <laughs> and you're and you're an amputee apparently dylan how's your compressor, your compressor dude the guy running? was freaking out he was freaking out that it would was going to be this big task to get it off the truck and we just like pulled it off no problem I was only gone for more air. No, it's just needed a new one. The one we've had is fine. It's just in like an energy suck. It's just like an old, um, like piston compressor. Please tell me you're going to keep the old one for backup. No, I'm buying a brand new backup. So like two compressors, basically. Fancy. Okay. What are you doing with your old one? I'm going to sell it. It's still good. There's nothing wrong with it. Like it's actually like, pretty refurbished like we just replaced all the electronics on it like a year ago so it's like a new compressor it's just not efficient mm-hmm. it's not something i want here running you know eight to ten hours a day like if if i had an assessor in here to tell me like what's the biggest draw of electricity it's definitely that compressor so it's like it's like the kind when you turn it on like the fucking like power line buzzes like the <laughs> conduit buzzes coming to it because you Bruce, can tell what kind of what kind of compressors do you have at printavo uh, we got these little bad boys here. Perfect. I told Andy this is the Chitapo podcast, right? <laughs> Did you say taco? Yeah, shit taco podcast, Chris. <laughs> All right, done deal. Hey guys, welcome back to the shit taco podcast. We've got your hosts, <laughs> Rudman. This is what I want. Yeah, keep Yo, it going. <laughs> We've got a very special guest. Drum roll, Stephen. Stephen Ferry. Oh yeah, <laughs> sitting in the hot seat. 
Steven, you need like chops, dude. You need to like just do the handlebar mustache, I feel like. Um, I'm working I like on the it. beard. I think the beard's dope. Uh, I had to go to a holiday party. Uh, that was a spring holiday party, and I had to be dressed as Drake because that's my mm-hmm. go-to costume. And that was so, so I had, great. I had to oh grow, my God, out my, so grow out my, uh, my beard for it, and now it's here, so it might come back. I feel like you could either do the handlebar or you could do like the Wolverine and just like get rid of everything here and just keep the sides. Yeah, I want to stay married, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, fucking... You know, do your own thing. Just the she, ain't, she ain't leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Champagne. Welcome to Champagne, <laughs> Illinois. Business is working. You're good. Yeah, all fine. So I have this. Um, I got this intro that I thought I would read, and um, to sort of set up why why we're all four here today. Um, I promised Andy I would be a statue. Yeah, and so Dylan promised he won't distract me. And so I'm not going to even look at him. This is great, actually, because there's just four, three other options. And so um, I'm really comfortable with this. But guys, this all started last Friday morning. And it started off like any other morning. Alarm, shower, coffee, emails. Activia, probiotic. Are those one-a-day Andes? <laughs> but then it happened. I saw this video of a robot offloading shirts. And it wasn't just any robot. It had this arm that was swooping back and forth and grabbing shirts off of a press and then dropping it, uh, not so perfectly as a lot of people have pointed out, onto a dryer belt. Um, I hit save on my iPhone and like Zucks, you know, has his algorithm that somehow says, hey, Andy, shared and, and, and posted this, uh, like this video or whatever. And so I had no idea it did that. And, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and then, um, all of a sudden people started like, no, actually the next thing that happened was that Printavo, you guys reposted that video and credited me and said, uh, you know, Andy's like, I guess shared this, this post and then yours, your post went viral. And, um, I started getting phone calls, messages, uh, where people were like, Hey Andy, did you like, what the fuck did you get a, you know, did you get a a robot for your shop or, and, uh, actually somebody even asked me if I developed it for my shop. And then, um, cause you're that smart, even yeah, like I could, like I could do that. Even Mimosa called me and said, what the fuck, dude, you have this now. Um, (laughs) and so I don't know. I, I got home, this was on a Friday and I got home and, um, was exhausted and we decided just to stay home that night. We made, I made a, a delicious margarita pizza. I have the recipe if you need it. Um, it all starts with a target crust. Um, so it's super easy, but we were watching, um, we we're watching Ozark and so good. just finished so it. good. But yeah, so I'm, I'm watching this and I still am getting messages. And so I was like, this is this is crazy. And it hit me. Uh, I texted Bruce. I texted Steven and I'm like, we've got to, we've got to do a show and talk about like this robot, because it's like in, in your comments, like in the comments on your post, it was so divided people. There was yeah. people loving it and people hating it. And I was like, well, why, um, why not have a conversation about um, the future? <laughs> and that is robots. And, and see where it goes because that would be kind of fun. 
Um, yeah, it's crazy how. Uh, so where is? Have we figured out where that? Uh, I'm sure it's, it's not in, in America. It's in Mexico. Yeah, I saw a little like comment thing. There was this little uh, watermark thing, and I started looking it up, and I believe, but that's just still a guess. Okay. And, and theoretically, it's just taking a shirt off the press no differently than a passport. Well, um, the, pass, the passport's more like straightforward. Like a thing, this thing looked like it kind of went forward and like popped the bottom like a human would so that you're not like stretching the print because most like an upper chest print, like if you were to just tug on it, you would stretch the shit out of it or it would snap back on itself. So like wet ink would hit and you would get kiss prints. So this thing was like popping the bottom like you would want to and then pulling it off. Does the passport do that? I thought or... the passport has four fingers. I was going to say, yeah. the bottom and the top at the same time. And then we've already yeah, improved. Just, but it just shuttles it back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what I kind of thought, though, was that because it kind of it came from overhead and it had it traveled much further than the passport does. I thought it, potentially anyway, it could actually it could also go. To the other side of the dryer, if you have twin, you know, if a press on each side of the dryer, it could also go over and grab off of that press. You would have to sink and it might be, uh, you know, a challenge. But if you're the shop that's running, you know, a, like the same job for a week, which there's shops that out that, are, that do that out there, <clears throat> it would maybe make sense. Um, but yeah, there's like, did you, have you read through your comments recently? Yeah. Yeah, I went through it. It was pretty interesting. I mean, you've got some that are like only a matter of time. Some were like, no thanks. Others said, can it massage me while I stand there? <laughs> um, Ryan Moore said, um, <laughs> maybe because it's blue and not green. Uh, but definitely a lot more nopes, which I find kind of interesting. And I don't know if it was because of... Uh, like they thought it just wouldn't help or cause other issues or, or just more anti robotness. I feel like yeah, it's so one of those you... things though. It's like, it's like how people feel with like digital squeegee stuff where it's like, it's, they're thinking it's replacing things and yeah, it technically is replacing a human. But like Andy said, if you're sitting there and you're a shop or you're Nike or whatever, and you're just going to print like, you know, 50,000 of the same garment. Like why have another human that's literally just like popping a shirt, turning around, putting it on press when you can have a robot do that and then have the human run the press. Like, yeah, for the owner, it's saving them an employee, but it's also just like, it's making it more streamlined and better unless they can put that human in another spot of the shop to do other things instead of. Isn't it no different press. than like a Unicode? Like the same yeah. rules apply. What's yeah. different about a puller and, and, a, and a, an auto coder? Yeah. Like I said, I feel like it's a tool on your tool belt. It's not necessarily like the robots are replacing people. Just... I have an analogy. Um, so imagine you have a copy machine in your shop, which most of us do. And the copy machine um, made a copy. Let's say you have to make a hundred copies. The copy machine would make a copy. And then it required you to stand by the copy machine and pull off each copy as it came out and then put it somewhere, you would think like, what a piece of fucking shit this thing is. Like, I, I don't get it. Why wouldn't it just stack the hundred copies, you know? And so isn't it interesting, like what level of automation is acceptable now in 2022 and what isn't? And, and I get it because I think that I was trying to examine, like, why would somebody object to, to this? And I think it kind of, it may come down to this. 
There are manual shops out there that are screen printing purists that are craftsmen or, and women, and they take pride in, in that fact, you know, we're a handmade shop or, or even on an auto we're we're an automated shop, but we take pride in the fact that we touch this. We're human beings and we are creating this, you know, piece of art, which is on a t-shirt. And, um, when you introduce a machine that assists in that, um, for, for whatever reason, it, it takes away, it takes away from that craft and you're not okay with that. But, um, and so, and, and that's okay. Like, that's okay to have a, have a shop and with that's your mission. Your mission is, is to be more maybe handmade and, and, and things like that. But at the same time, I think we as business owners, as, as shop owners, I think our job is to, um, is to spot inefficiencies and to spot repetition and um, when we can anyway, automate, automate that spot. I, I mean, because isn't the end goal, uh, one of them anyway, the end goal of, of a shop is to have um, profit of it, profitability. I mean, because you want to stay in business. And if you want to stay in business, I think you have to be, you have to look for efficiencies and you have to look for um, ways to be productive and reduce that repetition. And I think that if, um, and besides that, uh, I think you gain quality of life. That's like the, maybe it's a byproduct or maybe that's your, or maybe that's the number one, maybe that's your number one goal. It's like, look, I've got, I've got a person that's going to stand at a press for eight hours today and they are going to just offload and they are just going to do this. It's a repetitive behavior. And is that good on their shoulders and their arms? I don't know. I would say probably not. I mean, I've done it all day. I've done it. I used to do it. I used to be a single press operator. I would load and offload the shirts. And so why wouldn't you want to make that, part easier and speed that part up if you if it's you just could. unnecessary like it's unnecessary if you're doing the same job and it's set up all day long and you're just having that person pull pieces and literally spin their just spin their body around to drop it on the press there's no need for it that's why i said like this automation makes total sense i think like you look when when people are saying no the purist will say like oh no we should manually touch the shirts but some people could be looking at it and saying like you know how accurate is that machine? Am I going to need to pay another tech more money to sit and stand by it? And I think that's like my issue with like maybe digital squeegee is I don't think it reduces yet yeah, reduces setup time and screens, but like you need to now have a more technical employee running it. So like I could see a nope of someone looking at costs, looking at how intense the technology is um, and, and looking at it and saying, I'd rather pay a person 15 bucks an hour and never have to worry about a robot. I don't know that cause, cause couldn't you argue that you overbuild or you over automate or you oh, overdo sure. it? Yeah. Right. I think it's one of those things too, is it's just like, uh, like there's a million different types of screen printing shops. Sure. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's people that just want to like print cool shit and like have more of like a, like a boutique kind of place. And there's people that want to just like fucking manufacture all day long. Like they're, you know, the, the owner isn't at all, intertwined with the company and the employees are just employees and they they're not allowed to talk they have to stay in their bubbles they just have to manufacture all day like i feel like those are the people that are just like automate 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 because they're like cool well i can get the same amount of work done and cram this many things out in a day with less people if i just keep buying machines but then there's people who want to buy machines that want to just like get rid of human error not that like they want to get rid of people they just want to get rid of less errors and less waste but like i said that's that's where i feel like most people would be at is they want to get rid of the errors and the waste and the repetitiveness for somebody and then put that person in somewhere else they could be in like 
you know, QC, or they could be, you know, counting stuff in, or they could be in the office or whatever. It's just kind of like, again, I feel like it's a tool depending on your company. And I feel like for 95% of the print shops, they don't need that fucking thing. Like it's just, it's not necessary. Yeah. Do you, Bruce, do you know any shops that have passports or Andy? Yeah. I've seen, um, I was just in a shop in Los Angeles that they bought a contract shop. Oh gosh. What are those names? Anyway, they had one, um, that was running, uh, but they do a lot more contract work and maybe that's where, you know, they're trying to, uh, boost margins there. And then went to red wall up in Wisconsin and they had one, maybe two, uh, also contract shop. So I don't know. There was <laughs> the a shop. Small. There was a shop that I went to with M and R. I think it was in. I want to say it was either Tennessee or Utah, where they had like fourteen autos, and I think like maybe five or six of their autos all had passports. Wow! And they were just like I said, it was just the bigger jobs, the bigger quantity runs. They just put on those presses, and the guys were literally just like they had a press operator and a guy running around putting ink in. And then yeah. the, the third man or whatever was the passport, just like unloading all day. Do you, do you think the employees like it? Like, do you think employees like, like an employee might look at it and say it's replacing me. Another employee could look at it and say like, that's sweet. I don't know. Right. Like I don't have to stand next to your fucking annoying ass all day long. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, I remember this one shop when I had one, he said that the way to make this job profitable is that we needed no uh, we needed the passport running on it and it was a job that was like he said there was no end to it he was like they just always keep setting like it just never stops yeah um Um, there was a there was a uh a friend of mine aj davis uh, davis international that was the one who sent me this clip and uh the info on these a little while ago and i just texted him and uh asked him if he wanted to talk about it for a second because he knows a little bit more information on it. If you guys are cool, I'm going to give him a call and yeah, he's going to tell us about it. He said he was driving. I said, pull over. <laughs> so let's see what he says. Oh, we've got Collins. A Colin. Hey, hey, there. hey buddy. So what do you know about these machines? Uh, a little bit. Uh, found them a couple of weeks ago. I mean, the, the, you know, first thing is price, which is pretty shocking. The base unit for the flat stock goods, is going to come in around 30,000 plus shipping and some individual, uh, you know, some setup for your shop, depending on your floor space, how it's being laid out, where you want it to move. Uh, the, that's the one that, that's the one that unloads. That's the unloading robot for flat stock goods for cut panels and, and unsewn flat stock goods. The gripper attachment that's better for the finished garments, hoodies and fleece and just regular t-shirts is the uh it's got the two grippers that come in from the side you'll see that in some of the new videos that one's roughly 35 ish um so a, a crazy to me price point that yeah, seems super uh, you, yeah uh and i can't imagine if they you know if they work really well which by all accounts they seem to be i can't imagine they'll stay at that price long because they got um, no they got no safety features you can get hit by it and cut in half <laughs> But it's a cobot, and once it hits a certain amount of resistance, it's going to stop. I mean, it, it's a collaborative robot defined by those, like, rules. So it's designed to work with a human. It's not going to, you know, I don't think it's going to grab a machete and come after you anytime soon. Might. Um, the the stacker that goes on the back is about 25000 Again, they can make them bigger or smaller depending on your needs. 
and then the stacker can output in, you know, whatever number you tell it to. You want it to come out in sixes, dozens, twenty fours, whatever. Um, the real the real kicker will be figuring out how to get it from that stacker right into an automatic folder. Yeah, some kind of conveyor after it's done with a certain. Or give me another robot arm that can grab it off a stack and lay it on the infeed. Yeah. Uh, do you know uh, where where are they built and where are they like all that stuff like where are they coming from? The, the company is based out of Mexico City. Uh, I spoke to the CEO, a guy Alejandro. I can't remember his last name. Incredibly smart, incredibly kind, nice guy. Um, they really want this to work. They're they're. I think I contacted them a little earlier than they were ready. You know, to really take on like dealers and like kind of yell at the world, hey, we got this thing. They're at their first like big call it alpha site for the the new gripper attachment. Now those are the new videos that are coming out. Um, all accounts is going really well. They'll start to ramp up the speed, you know, the finished goods one, they, they think, you know, they've said over 700 pieces an hour. I, I mean, I don't know what the real number is. I think depending on your situation, if you're a single operator, loader, unloader, you know, if you can get yourself from 220, 250 an hour up to even 400, 500 pieces an hour with something like this, that's a huge win. Uh, obviously there's other shops, you know, you have a ton of autos and, you know, say you got 20 autos and you got 20 people unloading shirts, like probably get rid of 20 jobs. I don't mean it, you know, it's a little on the nose, but it's kind of what people are looking at with these things. Right. Makes sense. Well, I appreciate um, it, dude. Yeah. Anytime. Let me know as I get more info. I'm sure you'll hear from me. Okay. Sounds good. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye. That that's awesome. That's super cool. That was Intel. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, no, I got a call. I got somebody um, that knows um, <laughs> a little bit more. Hold on, where's my phone? Uh, wait. <laughs> so thirty grand. Um, yeah. I actually do have uh, somebody, and in fact, they're here, and I think they're the leading authority on everything screen printing. And so let me grab that person real quick because he should probably share some, some intent. If you are grabbing somebody, you should uh, just walk away. And <laughs> who's, who's, who's Andy? Who's special guest is the Allen show. Nick's there. <laughs> Nick's. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, he's coming to our shop later today. Oh, really? Yeah, he just called me. He was like, I'm in town. I'm like, I'm not there. <laughs> Where are you? Are you still in LA? I'm in Indiana. I'm trying to get a washing machine installed. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, uh, like I said, I think that we it's time we bring in an expert that knows what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, come on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Wood. Hey, well, uh, let me just do this here. <laughs> What's up? Are those because the light hurts your eyes? Gives you a little bit of a headache, Nick? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. Hi, Nick. I did bring the cup back. Hey, so we're heading to Champagne after this, by the way. It's in Illinois. Wait, does everybody know what Nick does? I have no idea. Uh-uh. Yeah. What doesn't Nick do is the question. <laughs> Where isn't Nick? Hey, so I have to say, being here at Shirt Kong, there has been some amazing progress, by the way. So the art team is uh, jumping on board. 
like it's, you're gonna need to get closer to the mic you guys are gonna have to put your heads closer together please yeah like yeah, yeah. Just turn your heads a little bit check 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 forward each other <laughs> um it's just a recap just saying <laughs> so yeah we were we're talking about the robot which the oh, viral yeah. video yeah. about automation and everything and so i don't know you're in a lot of shops what are your what are your thoughts on on the robot you know what i after seeing the video i think there's a, a major application you know especially with everything being automated but um i want to see the mnr auto loader which there's a video i'm not joking it's amazing by the way what are Wait, you giving us a spoiler this? yeah what the heck Nick is really like, good at spoiling surprises. What else do you have to spoil? Nick's Nick? like, hey, here's this confidential information that I have. <laughs> it's an old school video. It's out there. I'm getting the YouTube link. It is amazing. So. <laughs> YouTube link. Yeah. So route. I guess I guess what he's saying is is you could have auto loader, auto offloader, auto stacker, and according to AJ, maybe even it just auto onto a bolts bags goes right into the yeah, UPS. Like you never you never yeah. touch it. Wow. And then one employee that's just getting all the like damaged ones that are caught in the robot, like just running <laughs> between everything, like the, the auto folders, like, you know, I could just imagine like shirts just getting tangled over. And over. So that's a good point. And think about this. Think it like, I don't know, on these terms. So if you have, if you're a shop and you're a, a shop that's a $50 million shop or something, and it's all, you know, all you do is print shirts and like to, to our shop, like us, if we screw up 30 shirts or something before we notice something's wrong or 50, even like, that's a big deal. We're like, Oh fuck. We just fuck, you know, uh, there's 50 shirts that are ruined, but to a shop that are, that's printing, you know, 50,000 shirts a day, what's 50 shirts. Like it's it just, it just happens. It's part of the thing. And you go grab for us, we're going to have to order where, you know, we're going to place a fixed order to, at SNS typically, and we'll have to reset the job up or whatever for a shop like that. They probably have shirts in inventory. They go grab and they just run, run those. You know what I mean? The biggest thing with the passport too, like everybody that has multiple passports, they have to make sure their loader is QCing every single one on the passport. So rude with your, I know yeah. I'm sorry. Getting blown up all the time, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, basically, so that, that loader has to ensure, you know, they're looking at everything being offloaded just to ensure there's no misprints. There's no ink shortages, you know, like everything is, is consistent with the print. So that loader has to be essentially doing two jobs looking at the the shirt that's being offloaded and then obviously keeping on loading. So to me, it seems like the two main issues that I would be concerned about is yeah, the QC, cause you're not having a human looking for pinholes or, you know, any, any issues with the print, but also you'd have to have like really good consistent tack on the pallets right. in order for a robot to be able to pull shirts off. Cause if you're over tack, that thing's going to fucking rip every shirt. Or if you're under tack, then you're going to have issues with registration and everything else. So I feel like you'd have to have a real good science-y sweet spot for having really good tack. But the other thing too, is if you're just doing, you know, pieces or you're doing, uh, you know, thousands of t-shirts, the tack isn't as huge of a deal. Um, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of variables. There's a lot of variables. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do like, I do like the idea of both options though. I like the idea of the offloader and I like the idea of the stacker at the end of the dryer. But like I said, you're getting rid of human eye looking for mistakes. Right. Well, what if there was like, so in DTG world, um, there was a company that was working on technology where a camera was looking over the printers and it, uh, 
just distracted. It <laughs> it would it would look for defects based on what the print was or like differences in the print from every one and stop. And I know I don't the, the company went under, um, but the idea was pretty interesting in that yeah. you could have that on maybe each print head or just on the last one or something. Uh, that watches it a lot better, more consistently as well. It'd be nice if it was there at the offload station because then it wouldn't pull it off press. You know what I mean? Like, like now if we have a, if we have like a lint ball or something and they see it before they offload it, they go over to that screen, pull the lint ball off and like reprint that ink so that it covers the lint ball. Like no joke, like no joke. If you had, um, in your last head, whatever that head was, you had, um, a scanner, just like you said, and you locked it in that, that head, right? And then as it indexes over, it just scans that image and it's, it's, you know, log loaded in what that image is supposed to look like. And if there's anything wrong with it, it just turns red or whatever. It alerts you. I think you would want that even if there was a human standing there. Yeah, exactly. Like you're still offloading, but at least you're alerted to this wrong with this. Cause a lot of times, like, even if you are doing a longer run and you have a human there, they're bored and they're not looking at every single shirt. But if there was something that like paused the press and was like, Hey, check this shit out. You know that would be sweet. I think MNR actually has worked on the tech to where it'll it'll optically scan the image and and base it on like the the file, right? So like if there's like you know ink missing or if there's a, a spot, you know, like a lint ball, something that that scans it and and bases it off of that digital file to where it's like okay, that something's not right. But right. yeah, I don't know what happened with that tech, but yeah. It's- I think this is the theme though, right? It's, it's not that there's progression. I think there's just not enough innovation on. Um, um, yeah. I mean, there's just not enough like investment yet. It, like it's moving, but it's, it's pretty slow. Like, to- like if you guys were to describe a press of the future, right? Like what would press of the future have on there? Oh, Dylan was, I think, looking to the heavens and talking. Uh, it would have no. two. <laughs> two. <laughs> One for the. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think. <laughs> Flip it over. Then you... Sorry, guys. I was talking to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you were praying for what a press of the future would yeah, have. I was like. <laughs> I was like, dear, I was like D- dear baby Jesus, can we get this press? Like, That's what I was like for. I'll, I'll give one a press of the future would have white ink that pumped from the ceiling right into like whatever head you wanted and like a vacuum pump. So when you were done, you could just be like, okay, we're done there. Like that, like, like a, like a jiffy lube. And that is exactly, <laughs> so that qualifies as a repetitive task because we're always you know, as you're printing your underbase, that's, that's the screen you need to add more ink to often. And so, um, so of course, yeah, you, you would want to automate that because you'd become more efficient. And so why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, some, sorry, I'm blocking you, but some, I mean, I think that, um, it kind of is the same scenario, like some shops that doesn't make sense for them because maybe their runs are 50 shirts. You can put 50 shirts worth of ink in your underbase and you don't ever have to add. But if you're running 3000, of course, you're going to need more ink in there throughout the day. And so why wouldn't you want to push a button or even not even push a button? It just automatically reads the fact that you're running low and it adds ink. I mean, it's an auto doser essentially like our, like our auto, auto reclaim. And so I think, I think, I wrote, I have these seven things that, um, automation does and they're easy. They're fast. This is, this is a quickie. 
So, um, but I think you can apply this to not just screen printing world. You could apply this to Printavo. You could ap apply this to Graphex Source. One through seven, ready. Number one, reduce costs. I mean, these are the objectives to um, automation. Reduce costs, reduce repetitive tasks, reduce human error, scale, improve quality of life uh, and forward slash morale, reduce stress and increase productivity. I mean, I feel like all of those are dead on. Those yeah. are all like, like what we all, that's like the lean method or whatever. Yeah. I didn't get that from lean method, although I did get it from uh, Google <laughs> and I, and I put, I chose my favorite. There was a bunch, like uh, if you Google um, why automate or should I automate my business and things like that, it'll give you a thousand things. And I chose things that I thought were like super important uh, to me. And also uh, another reason why we're implementing um, Printavo here is because we're, we're trying to do, like, can you imagine if Printavo didn't have automations and it was just like, you had to go, go and click all the different things. I mean, it'd be know. shop works. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you guys just lost a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wait, what, what are some, what were you saying, Dylan, when you were whispering in tone? Lord. When I was talking to the Lord, because <laughs> uh, I, I know I we've talked about the press connecting that's all that to works, the internet, right? like we've always wanted the uh, you know to feed data off, so you can just at least an API or something where people can build stuff off of should be pretty cool. I feel like a lot cool. of that stuff is is just where everything's headed. I mean, you got to think there's like there's there's jobs throughout history where people just sit there and they do the same repetitive tasks because they haven't came up with the technology to get rid of that yet like do you see those people at like a recycling facility or whatever just staring at a conveyor belt like picking things off it's like that job is not necessary for a human and that job has to suck for that person yeah it's a job and it's paying that person but that job fucking sucks it's like if we can come up with a way to automate that and get rid of that and it's not hurting anything and you can put that person in a different place. Exactly. So you're not I getting feel, rid of that person. Right. I feel like that's the biggest thing that a lot of people don't think about is you don't necessarily want to have less people. You just want to put them in more key positions. Like there doesn't need to be someone standing there all day, just doing this back and forth. Like there, it takes no brain activity at all. Like, like I said, you can go on YouTube and watch all these videos of these people that like do repetitive tasks. They don't even have to look anymore. They're just like their hands just move. It's like, it's not necessary. So if we can do things like that, like you said, like a white ink thing, like if a dude's job all day long was to just go back and forth and put white ink in a screen, why can't we have this magical Steven hose from the heavens that fucking pumps white ink? The lube tube. The lube tube. The Steven Farrick lube tube. Let's <laughs> not, that's not coin that. Uh, it's already in there. Someone make that website, stephenfarricklubetube.com. Dave Eggers um, can do it on his oldie fans. <laughs> Um, but I just feel like it's, uh, I don't know. I like automation to a degree because like I said, it's a tool. And if you can use it well, then it makes everything better. Like I said, there's so many things in my shop pers personally that are just like, it's a quality of life. Like Andy said in his list, it's quality of life and efficiency. Like these people don't have to do these same stupid repetitive tasks all day long and we get more shit done. And for me here, the biggest thing is before we had automation, we were staying at work until nine, 10 o'clock every night because we were trying to get shit done. We were doing the same amount of work after we automated, but everyone was leaving at five o'clock and having a life after work. So we didn't get rid of any people. We just made their quality of life better. I didn't have to be like, oh my God, we have to stay till nine in order to get these jobs done. We were done by four thirty, five o'clock and everyone went home. 
how do you think a shop takes into account cost? Like my older business partner who um, we had bought out, he did not want us to get an auto coder. He's like 18 grand, no way. And I think there's a mental like hiccup there that shops might go through. What, what kind of rationale do you guys go through when you think about buying a piece of equipment that might be super expensive? You should, you should have that guy, that owner coat screens for a week. Well, he did it for 35 years. And so he's like, I'm the best screen coder there is. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, here's the problem though, is that um, as you automate, you need consistency. And so it's not just about, um, oh, I'm a great fucking auto. You know, I can code a screen really, really well. I've coded infinity screens by hand in, in my life, but Are you coding the very right first screen, the very first screen I put, I plugged in the Unicode, I put a screen on it and it coded it and it was better than I had ever done. But more importantly, I could grab somebody, anybody, even somebody mm-hmm. off the street, bring them in here and say, Hey, put the screen on here and push the green button. Push this green button. And they would do that and it would be the exact same. And it would, so, so here I have the same EOM. And so when you get to press, that makes a difference, right? That makes a huge difference. And so um, I think that automation, maybe one of the things, maybe number eight on there is consistency. You know, I didn't, um, as you go through your shop, of course you want consistency. I can't say that word. And I think that's one thing too, like even when you're <laughs> saying with the coder, just having someone in come in and hit the button. And I told Rich this, the guy that we have that is our screen tech. And it's like, no offense to him, but it's like, Throughout all the years, we've had so many people clean screens and everyone cleans screens at different speeds and they clean them at different like quality levels. If it's actually like fully clean or if there was like shit or chemical left in the screen or whatever. And it's like with an auto reclaim, if he's out sick or says, fuck this, I don't want to work here anymore or whatever. I can literally have someone come in and grab dirty screens off a rack, take the tape off, hit the green button, load them in the machine. We are just getting more. Do you guys want me to call in all my staff too? <laughs> what the heck? Somebody in the hallway I could ask. Press the green button. Press that green button. Shit. Hey, I gotta find something real quick. What's the Pantone? What's the Pantone to the back of my phone? That looks like black. That's not. They're wrong. Hey, wrong answer. <laughs> Military green. I can't see it. Looks military green. Yeah, that's the whole catch is that it can't be on a phone or a video. You have to be in person. So what about his chair? The yellow. Mm. Yeah. That yellow is easy. We already went over this. One thirty. We can't hear him. That's on one thirty. Looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's close. Let me grab the book. Pantone one thirty coded, uncoded. Damn, man. Hey, it's pretty darn close. In regards, so Andy, if not it. Andy was telling a story before we got on here that uh, this man can pick any knows every Pantone in the book. Yeah. Just saying. Seen it live. Hey, in regards to press tech, um, you know, there's, there's automations that have been around forever. So for instance, MHM has like an auto registration, you know, that auto registers every screen rock has an auto registration unit. The issue is with these auto registration units is every job is different, right? So if you're cataloging the screens, you can pull open the program and run. Okay. It's, you know, car racing job X, Y, and Z. But the issue is you have to catalog the screens, right? So like everything has to be burnt in this exact same way. The minute you reclaim a screen, that that recipe is gone, you know? So it's like there's automations on the on the technical side that have been around for years. It's just the U.S. application is kind of hit or miss. But the tech is there, which is mm-hmm. kind of exciting for sure. So just got to figure it out. 
and I guess that's the that's the biggest thing. Right? It seems like what we're talking about with a lot of this stuff is we have people that are willing and are making more of the, I guess the mechanical part of it, like a machine that's pulling off and all this other stuff. But I guess we need people to do more tech as far as like the like the computer and the eye and things like seeing all this stuff to make sure everything's correct. We need more of that, I guess, is what we're saying. It's a better need- investment for the U.S. on that side versus I think uh, the market is kind of focused on this mechanical. How can we speed it up? Yeah. Versus, you know, you're you're precisely right. Like, let's let's reduce the the defects. Let's you know focus on that side of things. The the tech needs to advance. It, it, there's more of a market in the U.S. for that versus an auto registration system. That might be more your area, Bruce. Do you see anything more tech coming into our space like that? Multiple press manufacturers have reached out about allowing for these sort of recipes to be built from the press to the dryer and all that be saved. They're still kind of focused on it saving on the press versus just allowing us to pull it off. Um my thought, and when we were talking about this, some of this with Steven is just that like, because not one manufacturer has done it, the rest of them don't feel the pressure to do it yet. So uh, it's not really competitive yet for them, but they're all like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. You know, maybe we'll go. But the also thing that we, that we were talking about is just the fact that they make hardware. Um, they don't make software. It, it would be like us asking to make, you know, a manual press. It'd just be like, I don't even know where to start. Um, and it's, it is pretty different as far as the engineering and the talent and stuff that you need. And these companies are been around for what, 20 years, 30. I mean, MNR has been around for a long time. Rock's been around for like 50 years or something. Well, it's something uh, like, well, I feel like what needs to happen is something like you were saying that company that had that eye that would check the yeah. print to make sure it's okay. It's a company like MNR or rock or something should have bought that company and like, what Elon does. I wonder if they're, I wonder if they don't think there's enough like market for it. Right. Cause it's like mm. all this stuff attracts investment when the total addressable market is so big, like making cars or something like that, where it's people will pay millions of dollars for those CNC machines, you know, doing fabrication and stuff. But maybe it's just that our industry won't support purchasing something so expensive like that that it would take so much time to get it to actually be affordable. But I, I, I think Bruce, what you were saying is like, there's two things that are going to drive innovation. One of them is competition. So like yeah. if r comes out with this, you better believe the other you know, ones are jumping. Right? The other ones are going to jump it. The other one is just demand in the market. Meaning is there a big enough demand for it? And like, I, I don't know if, if it's that shops don't realize it's something they need. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, between, everyone here in this chat, like, wouldn't we all agree that if we had, if it was a proven thing with a technology where we could spend, I don't know how many thousand dollars it is or whatever, say it, say it's five grand for this like little sensor that we can put above the offload station, we would all buy it. Right. Well, to save defects. Absolutely. And if you're going to have somebody at the dryer and I know every market's different, but if you're going to have somebody at the dryer and they're at $15 an hour, 
that's $31,200 annually. And that's before workman's comp and unemployment insurance and full benefits and all that stuff. And didn't you just say that AJ said that that's what it costs? It's like 25 grand. Okay. So for 31,000, I can buy a machine that's going to last for what? I don't know, 10 years, maybe, you know? And so, um, and then you wouldn't have to, to pay that employee. And especially now when you really can't find anybody for $15 an hour, honestly, I mean, the KFC next door to us has a, on their sign, it doesn't advertise food anymore. It advertises we're hiring $13 an hour, $500 sign on bonus and benefits. And so what are you supposed to, how do you compete with that? And so I think that if you have um, the opportunity to automate, of course you do. And like we said earlier, you're not replacing that employee. You're just putting them somewhere else, <clears throat> especially in this, in this crazy labor market. The truth I mean, of it is, is that if I can automate the manufacturing side of it, I could, I would love to add more people. Like if I can make it way faster and way more efficient and less spoilage in the shop, I would be hiring tenfold in the office because I would try to sell more jobs and I would need more customer service to produce more things in the manufacturing that's automated. So I would love to grab somebody from out there that I already know is a good employee and be like, Hey, I'm going to replace your repetitive job with a robot, but I want you in the office now helping me sell more jobs. The funny thing is, too, a lot of this tech on the manufacturing side has exists. It, it's existed for a long time, but the rollout has been slow in the fact that like labor was abundant, you know, and then COVID hits and it's like, hey, this new tech to automate all of these tasks have been here, but the market demand wasn't there. And right. now it's here. I think the, there is a lot of innovation in digital and offset and like paper printing, like web to print and all those. Like I've heard that they are like light years ahead of us. Even when you, I mean, when Bruce and I went to the first printing United, remember that Bruce in Vegas, mm -hmm. like three or four years ago, it was, it was all digital and our minds were just blown at like Even lasers. Colors. What? Super colors with those H, uh, those printers. Yeah. So like, I think, I think we're very much behind because we are part of just a dated industry. Like, I mean, yeah, it's just a craft, craftsman's, you know, mentality. But I think that's, the, they're willing to pay for that. Those machines are a million dollars. And that's kind of like, like in other manufacturing industries, I remember when you had Danny on and he made an awesome point about like, why isn't there like software that can help us and automate and do all this cool reporting and stuff. Um, for the market. And I remember um, Josh Merrill at Liquid Graphics was just like, just, okay, but do you realize how much the, that shop management software is for the CNC, you know, industries? I mean, you're talking like a half million dollar investment um, just to connect and everything works together and, and all that stuff, but they'll spend it. Uh, I don't think we could support it, not making an excuse or so. I think we absolutely move in that direction, but like, um, the amount of engineering talent to build that stuff out over time to Keep then go back and to charge for it, right, is it's, it's really, really tremendous to make it work. And what I've noticed is like running big shops and being at big shops, it's the old school people that were running the shops. I remember when I wanted to put in the formula system when I was only 22 and the older guys that were up above me, they were like so much against it. They were, I mean, I pulled teeth to get it through and then the owner called me in and saved $25,000 in a year. So it's like the older school guys. I remember when we put the Trilock system in, the older school guys were like, oh, no, they were just so against it. I can set up faster myself. It was that. They, they wasn't pushing the market as well. So a lot of these guys that run these big shops, they're territorial. 
And the owner just listens to them. So even with the, we come in as graphics, we like, we can improve your process because we automate everything on our end when it comes to separation. Marco, we're, autom- we're working on automations day and night. Like we have a team of JavaScript guys and automators. And a lot of the people that were like so stuck in their old ways, they don't want to push it. It's like, we got to push them to push the industry. Yeah. I think that wonder. Go ahead, oh, so go ahead. I mean, I was just saying, I wonder if it's like a company size thing. I feel like when you first start, it is like you're 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 like uh, more of a passionate screen printer or like I was really passionate about building and coding product and stuff. But like m- maybe when we hit call it a million in sales a year or something, it's like that stuff isn't the stuff that continues to grow the business or the stuff I should be even focused on. It's like all right, now my focus is efficiency, you know, team communication, automating stuff like that. Um, and like longer term growth. And like, there's a huge mind shift until you get there and feel it because you're like, geez, what am I doing? Like, you know, fixing this little thing in here, like, you know, spending time on this. Exactly. Um, Just like replacing the shovel with the tractor. I mean, yeah. yeah. The the problem is, is like the catch 22 with our industry is that it's, it's so easy to get into. Like anybody can be like, oh, I want a screen print now and they can build their own press and they can, fucking cure they can make screens in the sun and they can do all this stuff and it's like that's the good the good part is it, anyone who's like got a diy spirit can be a screen printer and they can create their own shop from nothing and they can do all this stuff but the problem with that is is if they have that diy spirit to get that shop going they generally carry that with them the rest of the way like like uh steven was saying with his one owner as he was like i've fucking coded screens for forever and i'm the mm-hmm. best screen coder ever and it's like he knows that he can do it, but you know, he doesn't want to spend the money on the automation because he's like, well, I can code a screen. That that was also part of our breakup story. And I would have to call Andy for advice quite a bit, right? (laughs) Andy, this is back in the day. Um, Because that mindset was so much like it was so there, it was was all DIY. It was paralyzing. And like, we couldn't move past it, you know? Well, I think, I think Bruce, you, you hit it on the head really. And, and sort of what Steven just went through. I mean, as you, as a lot of us start out, like I started out just me and then Joanne and and we scaled, um, what you do every day, uh, changes and that's, um, and what works in a long time ago, maybe doesn't work now. And so you have to learn to adapt and that's a really difficult thing. Change is, is really hard. It's, it's painful. And sometimes you have to take a couple of steps backward, even before you go forward. Um, and so it sucks. And, and in doing so, you can even lose people. I mean, hell, if you bought one of these auto offloaders, you might have three people quit and say, you know, I'm not fucking, I'm not part of this. I don't, this isn't, does it, this doesn't align with my philosophy of where I want to work or anything like that. But um, I was talking to Tony Tinyfish and he has an interesting, uh, he said something that I thought was really interesting. He said that, um, we were talking about just shop growth and our, our current shop sizes. And I was, I, I told him that I was really content. Like I'm happy with our square footage and our presses and our team and everything else and our, and our volume, right? Like I have no intentions to grow um, just because I think people have to find their, their spot and where they're comfortable with. And, and he, you know, he said the same thing. He's like, you know, actually I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at too, but now it's not so much up to me anymore. It's actually also up to uh, my team because um, your team wants to, a lot of times your team wants to grow. Your team wants 
every year they want to go into a performance review and they want to get a compensation adjustment upwards, right? They want to um, take on different roles within your company because they get bored offloading shirts for five years or something. You're like, look, I want to do something else. And in order for you to grow your company, I think that you have to really consider these type of things, you know, if you want to grow, not just for yourself, but for also your team. Yeah. Silence. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I just think that, that that's it. That's the long and short of it. You know what I mean? You get to a, you get to a spot in business where you don't try to just do everything yourself anymore, or you try to, you know, like I said, there's people that are like, Oh, I could go to easy way and buy a washout booth for, couple hundred bucks and they're like no i'd rather go to lowe's and buy like a, a hundred dollar less like shower and cut it in half and like build a drain and build legs and all sorts it's like <laughs> i'm just saying that it, you get to a point in business and even like i've done it like i used to do like doi everything and now i'm to the point where like i don't want to fucking do any of that like i'm like yeah i could just buy that and be done with it and it's done right the first time i feel like that's my motto with everything now is like let's do it right the first time and I feel like a lot of the people that want to DIY everything end up doing it wrong five to 10 times. And then they finally get it right with what they built. And it's like, I just but you don't have, want to you have to give a lot of credit to the DIY. Like everyone. Oh, hundred percent. I definitely that, do. Like yeah. I'm not knocking that in any way. Like I said, I was that way. I'm just saying with the kind of people that would buy this automation, they're not a year in. Right. They're 10, 15, 20 years in. And they're like, you know, I I'm sick of doing it the hard way all the time. Let's automate it, this and automate this it, to where it's less headaches. Isn't this interesting? So like Andy Dillon, I was listening to one of your shows where a, a guy came up or a younger individual came up and you guys convinced him out of buying equipment or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't it interesting when people come super eager to try and over automate and like buy everything at once and you're like, whoa, 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 there whoa. Yet. you're not like you do not need all of that stuff. Um, so I think there's there's also the flip side of it as people looking at this and being like, oh, I can just buy everything. Um, and that's also really dangerous too, right? Like oh, I think I've, I've seen people buying another press before they go with a direct to screen and it's like, eh, you know, those kind of things. So I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's a gun show with like equipment too. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Bob, Bob's a current client. I love that kid. I sold him his little manual. You know, he pulled the trigger at 16. I was like, that's like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, okay, like, okay, right. Nick. Yeah, we know. You're, we know. You're you sold everyone into- their first press. <laughs> 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 what I told him first, though, was like, hey, focus on the business loan. Like, you know, equipment is fantastic to look at. Get the business loan figured out first and foremost, even before the space. Like, get we'll grants. Nah, I mean, come on, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, dude, focus on the foundation first, you know, build out the business model and then obviously automate. But I mean, on my end, on the scripts and automations that we're doing for the separations and all that, I mean, I had to get my key guys bought in first and it's the 2080 rule, 20%, you get them bought in, they start implementing, everybody sees it works and they get excited and everybody wants to use the, the, the automations. I mean, makes your life easier. I'm not replacing your job. I'm letting, giving you more tools to do your job better and yeah. more efficient. That's that's the moral of this whole podcast, I feel like. So on our end, we're doing automations all with the art side, like with the base, with putting it on the for the trilog, for any, for the Dalfred or for the eye image. We're automating all that. It's the same with like Brian in the in the art department here. He he's got like a million shortcuts. Because yeah. he's doing the same tasks all day long. He's like, yeah. oh, I need to black this art out and put registration marks on it. 
boom, hits a button and it's like, dun, 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 done. Mm-hmm. It's like, he doesn't need to spend 15 minutes doing that when he can get a key. Yeah, to get it action. Done. So we're tying actions up with the JavaScripts and the set of two buttons, like one button. And like, it does it all. Boom, boom, left chest, right where it needs yeah. to be. If it's the same chest. process, then. And it's all math. So, yeah. Maybe that's the theme. It's like, how to, how to just keep getting better. And then it could be like, as a business owner, it could be as a screen printer, it could be as an efficiency perspective. If we fast forward 15 years, like equipment manufacturers had this tech back in the day, right? This is not new stuff, like passports, auto unloaders, like this stuff has been around for a long time. It's just the market has been relatively small. If we look forward 15 years, every shop's going to, if you have an MNR, they're going to have a passport. Like it's, that's well, loader, what's going to happen. The loader ones never really worked. What I saw, the ones I saw, yeah. you had to like stack them. You spend more time stacking them on the freaking thing than you would just pay a loader because you had to stack it perfect or it wouldn't grab it. I think there's certain parts of the industry where you still need that craftsman. Like you're still going to need, you know, there's things where we, we look at all the time, like even loading. It's like, okay, well, what do you do with a left chest? Or what do you do with a print when you go from unisex tees to ladies tees? Like that robot's not going to know, okay, like if I'm going to a ladies tee, I'm going to move it to where the print's a little bit higher. Or left chest, I'm going to slightly move it over a little bit. Or, you know, this garment in this stack is a little bit different and I need to treat it differently. Um, I feel like there's things like that where you need that human that knows the technical side of this is what I got to do or I got to slow the press down or I got to change the the dwell or the flash times, all this other stuff. You need that person running that press. Um, I just feel like if it's the same boring and repetitive task over and over, there's no reason not to automate. Yeah. And it's not always, I remember one of the comments was, you know, it's slow or it's not very fast and it's not always about being faster because the, uh, for example, the Unicode is not necessarily faster than somebody manually coding. Um, it's just the, I don't think you can manually code for eight hours of a, a day. You know, your arm is going to fall off eventually after you've coded so many screens. So it's also about just I don't know, um, endurance and, um, and then, like I said earlier, consistency. And so it's not every shop doesn't, yeah, sure. Our, our Cobra can print 90 dozen an hour, but we don't print at 90 dozen an hour. And so it's just about, um, being able to print all day long. I think the other part of it too, is everything we've ever automated here at the shop is because we're trying to get better quality. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're not automating anything to sacrifice on quality just to pump jobs out the door. Like we're doing things, like you said, like the Unicode is a perfect example because we wanted to have perfect EOM on all of our screens so that, you know, all of our whites were consistent. And then we wanted to make sure by going with the CTS that we were getting uh, better halftone detail and we were getting, you know, going from that to exposure, we were having no light undercutting because there was no glass and there was no, you know, lint balls or anything in the screen or not lint balls. There was no pinholes in the screen because... There was no glass to get dusty to make pinholes. And it was like all these things that we did got rid of human error and also made things more efficient and better in quality on press because we had less errors and less issues. So that's the reason why a lot of the stuff is automated is just when, to keep things consistent. When they pay us to go consult, I just, I just got back from Mexico a couple months ago. And I mean, and when you talk about EOM, motion over mess, some of these people don't even have an idea and they don't know about the dot gain. I mean, they, they put it in div tanks. They they don't have any. So, they, you know, n- nothing's consistent. And like, oh, no wonder why your dots are not coming out. You're 20, 30% dot gain. 
Like when you start from the art department, then you go to the screen room. Like the first two places I start art department and the screen room. Mm-hmm. It was like, if it's not lining up mathematically to your try lock, then you go to the screen. You're not bringing your screens, right? Everything else, everything else is shit after that. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing I feel like with screen printing is it's screen printing. You're using a screen. Like the screen should be the most dialed in part of the shop. And then you get someone who's a skilled craftsman on press to put all those things together and create that shirt. That's what you need. But it's all the other stuff, like I said, that's kind of in the air for debate on how much to automate or not. So Andy, when are, when is this robot getting delivered to you? Uh yeah. I so we made it. <laughs> Oh, you built it's, it's, it? It's already here. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I saw the crate a, back there. By the way. Yeah. Um, I I guess uh, we've we've talked a ton about um, you know, techie stuff and kind of nerded out on this. So I think now it'd be cool if we talked about Stephen's lake party he's having, which is an open invitation to the entire industry. Right? Is that why? <laughs> did I get that right? So Details are in the description. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know about that. <laughs> we'll post it in the in our up on the YouTube and up on the podcast thing. I can email everybody the e link. So <laughs> yeah, the, the if event. Nick's invited, everyone's going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> we have a saying. I, I didn't tell anybody. I just told Nick. Like, oh my! God. <laughs> I hey. um I uh made the fun mistake of telling Nick about like our our Cuban news a little early, and then you know whole industry found out the next week <laughs> but hey I, Lucas that's what happens when you roommate you when you room with nick wood um is you know late late night bedtime there's secrets. just random people he walks up to and he's like hey did you know this camp, camp sync did this thing i have it printed out i'm like hey here you go. <laughs> flyers card. yeah well does anybody have any more to add to the topic of automation on that stuff Um, that auto unloader is pretty cool but you know we gotta we gotta look at it like mnr's had the passport forever like dylan was saying you can't automate the loader right so like there are certain tasks that you can thought you have the video for it yeah it's coming right up right <laughs> it is it's out there it's, it's like consistent oh. though and, and me as a loader i work with the passport and i'm already used to when i'm loading i'm looking over you just have to train your loader to be the, the qc and I mean, yeah, it's not consistent yet. Maybe that's just it. Nobody's built one. And like you said, Bruce, the, the demand and the R&D to do that, maybe it just doesn't make sense. There's not an ROI quite yet, but maybe there will be soon. Um, I think the biggest thing with all these people and like the comments section and all that thing is that the hard part is, is, and I recommend this to anybody, is to just get out there and see one. You know what I mean? If, even if you're looking at a passport, go to a shop who has a passport, watch how that shop runs it, and you're going to be like, oh, it's not as complicated as i thought it was and it's not as hindering as i thought it was so that's with any piece of equipment being if you want to automate your dark room or you know anything like auto reclaim go see a shop who has one and see multiple shops that have different kinds and make your own choices don't just hop on facebook and look at the comment section because it's fucking useless very uh wise dylan very wise and before we go i've got one quick take and but but before we go to that i have a i have a i have a, a little story to tell so last night we're at dinner and we go i invited these guys to dinner and so normally what happens and oh, what what you learned it was delicious um and so was um the conversation the conversation was delicious too but uh but bef- but 
you know, I, I felt like, hey, it's it's my town and I invited them to dinner. And so naturally, of course, I want to pay. And so I go and I knew Nick was going to have a and, and also Robert was like, like fuck that. Um, no chance. But so I snuck away. I found our server and I gave her my credit card. She walked to the register. She was mid swipe when this guy bolted through like into, <laughs> back into the kitchen. Jump over table. <laughs> Jump over table. true story. And she, he's like, no, no, no. Screaming, going into the back of the kitchen. And she's like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? <laughs> I help you if you work here. Someone stiff arms him. <laughs> We had a relationship at this point, right? Like we we've been bantering back and forth. So I felt like I I knew her. I was like, hey, <clears throat> like I felt obligated to be like, hey, this is we're gonna I'm gonna teach you the POS this is how it works. Like I'll run the card for you. I key entered the order. <laughs> like gave us a percent discount, by the way. Uh, but yeah, it was that was epic, by the way. So uh, yeah, thanks for dinner. And I will win though in the end because I know the Frank way. I've I've learned from the best. I know how to take care of this. Uh, in the future. But my question is, um, of course, what is for breakfast? So Dylan, if you want to start, because it's so early. Uh, I had a shake. I had one of those meal meal shakes. Sounds but it's almost lunchtime for me. It's almost noon. It's 1116. We so. had uh, hotel breakfast. It was amazing. It was actually mm. really good. It was actually really good. What was in it? Like what? Eggs, toast, ham. <laughs> the thing about it, though, it was a it was a garlic spread that they put on and a little <laughs> scrambled egg. It was delicious. Holiday Inn special. Yeah. Although although the hotel just opened up and there was like no hot water. Yeah. So last night and like beautiful hotel. This place was immaculate. Last night we we're like, hey, listen, the hot water doesn't work. First person comes in, test the hot water. They're like, yep, hot water doesn't work. Second person comes in to retest the hot water they're like yep hot water doesn't work third person comes in test the hot water they're like yeah the hot water doesn't work and he's like can i just get some meal tickets like please? like, like no nah, we can move you from rooms he's like no no i just want tickets give me drink tickets and meal tickets i don't need to shower yeah. <laughs> i think it was down at the bar yeah, it was fun mm-hmm. that place is epic bruce steven what's for lunch I don't know. Um, we've been trying these factor meal things. They're okay. We I got burnt out on Freshly for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a Lara bar. <laughs> Everybody gets burnt out on Freshly. Yeah. <clears throat> Not I don't any know. yet. I just hopped on. You're I'm about to go to the airport. Bruce is going to the airport. I'm on East Coast time. I'm, I'm in Indiana, so we're getting lunch soon. Yeah. Um, but Nick and Nick and Rob. We'll see you guys later tonight. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to Chicago? I'm, I, they're going to go surprise my shop, figure out why there's no work there right now. Um, we're really slow yesterday. I was like, guys, make it look busy tomorrow. Nick and Rob are coming. We're going to go out and of your whole shop. Please do. Um, I told, I told him, yeah, Pitbull and Buddy the Elf were coming. Um, and then we're, we're getting dinner in Chicago tonight. Is that the plan? Yes, sir. Cool. Bruce, where are you headed? I'm in Arizona with the Inksoft team, uh, yesterday and flying back to flying to Los Angeles today. And then we have sports Inc. show, uh, in a couple days in Indianapolis. Nice. 
That's you know, interesting. Barbershop cool. going that way. Good bar. I can get a fade, fade up, Chicago. <laughs> Actually, Ferg's got some good. It's your first. My barber's in uh, Champagne. Belly yeah. blends. Uh, he'll get you. Just tell him to give you, give you the special. Blends. Blends. Give, give him the drink. Belly blends. Not belly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for doing this with us. Um, yeah. Glad we had the special guest. Good to see you guys. Uh, this is the. Uh, Chitavo podcast. <laughs> the Chitavo podcast. Chitavo, not Chitavo. Bruce, Bruce keeps trying to change that. I don't think you like. I don't care. Um, but yeah, this was fun, and I think maybe uh, we need to do it again soon. We'll do it again yeah. soon. Have a great day. Bye, guys. See you guys. Bye. Bye, guys.